Welcome to Tea with Tassoni, a book club for Orthodox Christians. My name is Laura, and this week we're continuing our reading of Bob Goff's book, Undistracted. If you want to grab your own copy and read along, head to teawithtassoni.com, and you'll also find past books there. Last Friday, I was dreadfully sick, and I could not rev up the brain power to record this episode, so I am so happy to be back with you this week. We are now about halfway through the book. And I really want to shift our discussion from the content of the book to application of the book, which again is, as I said in the last episode, um, which is basically Bob's life motto. And so we are reading now uh, chapters 11 to 15. That's where we're going to take our discussion from. And I think that there's so many good tidbits here and so many wonderful questions to ask ourselves as we go through it. So chapter 11 is called Ceasefire, and it's about... Uh, your words and the way that you speak to other people. And I, I feel like it's so, uh, so needed for me because I went through a period where I was one of those, um, what do you call them? Like keyboard warriors intent on correcting every Facebook comment. And I thank God, I think I'm a little bit past that now. I've outgrown that period a little bit and learned something from it. But Bob here is talking about how our thoughts and our words matter and they should be life-giving. And I think that's something that we can really take some time to contemplate. Where in our life do we have opportunities to speak life-giving words into others' lives? And I feel like life-giving words is such a, uh, like a jargon buzzword thing, but where can we be more encouraging? Where can we speak words of compassion? Where can we lift people up instead of bring them down and bring positivity into their lives instead of negativity. I feel like 2023 is the year of positivity. I think I know about like three or four conventions whose theme this year is some variation of being positive or being happy. I I guess 2022 was hard on people. Um, You know, we were coming back to maybe normal life, but it's still pretty difficult. So I think 2023 is the year of being um, of being positive, of changing our tone a little bit. And I, I think it's really important to think about our thoughts and our words with regards to a lot of different situations. So, you know, to strangers that we meet in the street or on the internet, we want to be kind, we want to be forgiving, we want to be understanding um, to our friends, to our colleagues, sometimes they need life-giving words. And to our kids, if you're a parent, you know, uh, or your Sunday school kids, if you are a servant or you teach in Sunday school. So this idea of saying the words that lift people up, that give them a better picture of who Christ wants them to be. You know, one of the lines that Bob says is, is it more important to be right or to be Jesus? Is it more important for us to prove our point or to treat people the way Christ would have treated them? And I think that's something that, you know, it's sometimes it's easier to apply that to other people than to ourselves. And I, I want to take a moment and say, like, are we speaking life-giving words into our own lives? Are our thoughts about ourselves life-giving? Are we reflecting God's love for us and God's mercy and compassion when we think about ourselves? Or are we harder on ourselves than even God would expect or allow you know, are we tearing ourselves down and actually undermining God's mission in our lives? Or are we speaking life-giving words into our own life and our own purpose and our own mission? 
So that's chapter 11, this idea that your words matter and you want them to be positive, not, again, not firing bullets at people, right? You're not trying to cut people up, stab, poke, right? You're trying to be a healing presence as um, as one of our beloved books is titled, right? Chapter 12, oh boy. Chapter 12 is called The Wrong Button. And that this one's a must-read chapter. Uh, there are so many tough but hilarious stories. Uh, I think hilarious because I can see myself making those same mistakes. So chapter 12 is about failure and about how failure is an event in your life and not your identity. So starting on page 20, Bob tells the story of this guy who was running some kind of drill in Hawaii with the military, and he accidentally hit the wrong button, the button that sent out a message to Hawaii and all of the United States saying, incoming ballistic missile threat, this is not a drill. And I vaguely remember this, it was January 2018, I feel like the pandemic erased so much of our lives that it's it's hard to think back pre-2020 but I vaguely remember that there was an, an error message about a missile threat coming in that um was not actually a missile coming in thank god uh, and the story is that Bob found and hired this guy so Bob uh found the man who pushed the wrong button the man who um made this colossal life possibly altering failure. And he found him, found his name, and he hired him so that he would know, this is Bob speaking now, but he would know that failure is not his identity, right? He's He just made a mistake. He, he is not a mistake. There's a difference, right, between being a mistake and making a mistake. Uh, Bob also tells a story of one time he was playing with his child and it was just a baby. And he ended up falling down the stairs, but somehow on his way down the stairs was able to put the child safely onto the landing so the child didn't tumble down the stairs. Only Bob did. And this reminds me actually of something that happened to me one time where I was playing with my baby sister who I was almost an adult when she was born. So she was she was tiny at that point. And, you know, I was playing with her and I was tossing her up or something like that. And at one point I lost my balance and I managed to lose my balance and hurt myself, but not hurt the baby at all. I saved the baby. Okay. Same, same idea though. Thank God I did not fall down the stairs. I just bruised an elbow. No big deal. But Bob compares this to Christ dying on the cross, right? A, a kind of a tumble uh, of, of, um, of, uh, of beatings, but not beatings. What is that word? The stripes, but what's the, of whippings, right? And the nails and the blood and the hardship and the rejection and the insults and the spitting and everything that Christ did was him in essence falling down the stairs to save us, right? To to shield us from the effects of our own sin, of the mistake of Adam and Eve, right? So Christ died on the cross, rose again, and in doing so saved humanity. And so this idea that what looks like a failure is just part of the journey. I I love this this idea that um, you know in the book that one of our good friends wrote, um, Creative Orthodox, he wrote this book called Anastasis, the Harrowing of Hades, and in it there's a part where the devil in this kind of graphic novel is rejoicing because he thinks he defeated Christ, 
but he doesn't even know who's coming to knock down the walls of Hades, right? Who's coming to knock at the gates? The king of glory is coming in, right? He doesn't know that. And so this idea that your failure is just part of the journey, you know, in from our perspective, it's so horrifying to fail. And I, for me, I carry every failure as though it were like an arrow in my back. I mean, I really make a big deal out of it. Like I remember it with pain and I torture myself with it. But this idea that it's just an event, it's not your identity, right? And another thing that he says, actually in chapter 14, skipping ahead, sometimes I feel like this book needed to be a little bit reorganized. Chapter 14, the misadventures of a serial reject. He says something in that chapter he says, disappointment is the proof you're a participant in life. So if you ask for something, if you pray for something, if you apply for a job, if you, one of those things, let's say, where you're trying, for, you ask a girl out is what one of his examples. And she says no, and you're disappointed. That is proof that you are a participant in life. That you're actually taking part in life. I mean, can you imagine how easy it would be to avoid disappointment by doing nothing by not participating. I like thinking then of disappointment almost as a medal. You get a medal every time you're disappointed because it means you did something. You went outside your comfort zone and you pushed for something that you might not have pushed otherwise. Um, and, and maybe it didn't go the way you imagined, but that's okay because that's part of God's plan. It's part of the journey. You know, chapter 14 is about the idea that God is in control of everything. And when he says no, even multiple times, He's hiding a different adjacent yes. God's no is actually a yes to something else that maybe we're not aware of because we're so fixated on the thing that we wanted, right? This idea that we need to trust God, that he has our best interests in mind and that when he closes a door, it's for a very specific and positive purpose for our life. Going back to chapter 13, Pinocchio's nose. This chapter is about being authentic, being true to yourself, um, celebrating your wins, taking risks, even if the past hasn't always been kind to you, and not just merely complying with everyone's expectations about who you should be, not just following the patterns other people have set out for you, but making a little noise, as he puts it. Uh, one of the questions for chapter 13 is, what would you do with 20 seconds of courage? If you had just 20 seconds to be courageous, if you could click a button or um, send an email or make a phone call or try something, right? Just 20 seconds of courage to begin it. What's something that you would change or attempt? What's something you've been putting off that maybe it's time to try, right? Maybe it's time to be true to yourself about. Chapter 13 has a really interesting sort of like sub message about being honest about your weaknesses with other people, telling other people when you're not doing well. Um, recognizing your humanity, accepting your humanity. And, you know, we have a couple of books in the Orthodox Christian sphere about this, truly human or becoming human, these idea that being human is part of God's plan for us. Like our mortality is part of God's plan for us. Our limitations within time are part of God's plan for us. And instead of always trying to rebel against them and pushing against them and pretending that we have all the time in the world that we can fit everything in, that we're somehow infinite when we're not yet. We are not yet infinite, right? We are, we have a finite time on earth. Our bodies have a finite use, but making the most of that and being true to that and expressing that to each other. 
Um, I, I think that's a really interesting, you know, the reason it's called Pinocchio's nose is because it's about what it takes to go from being a wooden puppet to being your true self. Uh, and I, I think I really need to digest that chapter a little bit more. I feel like there's a lot more to unpack there, but uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there is a little bit of a, you know, we are used to being a little bit more rigid, a little bit more held together, a little bit more formal and kind of just doing what's expected of us. And I, I think cracking that open is, is scary. It is a scary ask. And then chapter 15, stop chasing the horse. I'm telling you, if you read Bob's books, I'm, I feel like it's got to be fiction. I mean, it's not fiction somehow. People know Bob for real, right? But his life is so fantastical. He just did so many wild things. Like just in this section alone, we learned about him hitchhiking. We learned about him buying a retreat center. We learned about him buying campgrounds. We learned about him owning race horses. Just, I feel like he just does stuff. <laughs> and I'm so much more of a, um, of a, like, again, going back to the library idea, I'm so much more of a reader. I experience life secondhand a lot. So for me, just Bob just does things. He just goes out and does stuff. And I, I really appreciate that about him. And I love um, living vicariously through his stories, I suppose. But chapter 15 is one that I get. Okay, that this one I get, chapter 15. It is to ch stop chasing things and come home to yourself, to your family, to your God, and begin again from there. So when you're working and things aren't working out, the place to go is back home to your community, community of faith, to your church, to your own family, um, to that quiet time with God, and start again from that platform. Use what you already have to get what you really need. That's the quote from chapter 15. Use what you already have to get what you really need. Sometimes we're chasing things that are too many steps forward, and we cannot reach them by skipping, or there's no shortcut. There's no like teleportation device. Like you have to walk the journey. And sometimes walking the journey means going back to home base and starting from there, really thinking about things from the home base perspective. So that is it for week three, which is a little bit late, but I hope that you, I thank you for your patience about that. Um, I feel like this book is so lovely and is full of so many wonderful stories. And again, I think the emphasis here is for us to go out and do the thing, go out and do the thing, go out and spread those life-giving messages, maybe text a few people today and encourage them or um, call up a few people that you've been meaning to call or say some nice things to yourself, <laughs> be kind to yourself today, defend yourself um, to yourself, you know, uh, don't take your failures as your identity, consider them as just events in your life. And not only that, but as proof of your participation in life, they are your um, participant trophy and they, they have value. Uh, and then be authentic with yourself and with others and kind of crack open a little bit the patterns that you've set for yourself so you can see what God has in store for you outside of that. All right, I hope that's good for this week. And I am so excited to speak to you again next time.